0: Welcome to JourneyWithJesus.net, a weekly webzine for the Global Church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenham. My essay this week is called Imitating Abraham, Strangers in a Strange Land. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday August the 11th, 2013. If you work hard to play it safe, the gospel in Luke 12 and the epistle in Hebrews chapter 11 explode like a bomb in your briefcase. They sound reckless in the extreme. Don't be afraid, despite all that we know. God will give what is good, like an indulgent father, and better than we know to ask. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, and follow Jesus. There really are securities whose return on investment is guaranteed to increase and never decrease. Be vigilant like Bernardus's country priest. Keep marching to the end and try to end up quietly at the roadside without shedding your equipment. Consider the saints who were certain of what they didn't see. Abel, Enoch, Noah, and Abraham. Imitate Abraham. He heard God's call, then in obedience defied the defaults of human nature in cultural conformity. Abraham journeyed from a present clarity, to a future ignorance, from what he had to what he did not have. He journeyed from the known to the unknown, from everything that was familiar to all things strange. He was a stranger in a strange land, a resident alien. So too the believers a hundred years after Jesus in the epistle to Diognisius. Every foreign land was to them as their native country, and every land of their birth as a land of strangers. With our citizenship in heaven, our confession of faith subverts our geopolitical identity. Consider him faithful who made the promise He calls those things that don't exist into existence. He makes something out of nothing. See the promise from afar, for many saints did not receive the things promised. The farmer, poet, and consummate contrarian Wendell Berry has a series of mad farmer poems. His poem, Manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front, contrasts the sacred folly of God's kingdom and the secular wisdom of worldly ways. Listen to Wendell Berry, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay. Want more of everything ready-made. Be afraid to know your neighbor and to die. And you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. When they want you to buy something, they will call you. When they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So, friends... Every day, do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance, for what man has not encountered, he has not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted in the mold. Call that prophet. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world, laugh, laughter is immeasurable, be joyful though you have considered all the facts. So long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Ask yourself, will this satisfy a woman satisfied to bear a child? Will this disturb the sleep of a woman near to giving birth? Go with your love to the fields. Lie down in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts. As soon as the generals and the politicos can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail, the way you didn't go. Be like the fox who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. And finally, practice resurrection. And so, be encouraged. In the words of St. Anthony, a time is coming when men will go mad, and when they will see someone who was not mad, and they will attack him, saying, You are mad, you are not like us. For books this week, I review a title called The Open Door. 100 Poems, 100 Years of Poetry Magazine. It's edited by Don Scher and Christian Weeman, Chicago, University of Chicago Press, 2012. The book is 213 pages. The publication of this anthology celebrates the 100th anniversary of the Foundry, of Poetry Magazine in 1912 by Harriet Monroe. Christian Wiemann, author of the new memoir, My Bright Abyss, retired this past June of 2013 after ten years as editor of the nation's oldest poetry journal. As he describes it, after 90 years of persistence in poverty, In 2002, the journal received a $200 million gift from the reclusive philanthropist Ruth Lilly, the sole heiress to the Eli Lilly and Company pharmaceutical fortune built by her great-grandfather. Across the last century, Poetry Magazine has published some 40,000 poems. Today, its circulation is higher than ever, and each year it receives 100,000 submissions. Who says poetry is dead? In a short introduction to the book, Wehman explores the mastery and mystery of poetry. He acknowledges that for many readers, poetry remains remote and inaccessible. Some of it makes extreme demands on the reader. Further, a reader's tastes in poetry are necessarily subjective and personal. Nonetheless, Wiman argues for the primal power of poetry. The 100 poems by 100 poets are arranged in random order. They're not chronological or alphabetical. Sprinkled throughout the text are various comments and letters about poetry, from the magazine's 100-year history. The book concludes with brief biographies of the 100 poets. If you're a poetry lover, this is your book, Don Sher and Christian Weeman, Editors. The title, The Open Door, 100 Poems, 100 Years of Poetry Magazine. For Movies This Week, I review the film, What Maisie Knew, 2013. What did seven-year-old Maisie know? As it turns out, she knew plenty, and most of it all, very painful. The genius of directors Scott McGee and David Siegel is that they maintain the perspective of Maisie, as she experiences the bitter divorce of her two toxic parents. Her mother is an over-the-hill rock star still touring, while her father is an art dealer who's jetting off to Europe. They're both lost in their narcissistic worlds and never home. So Maisie is ping-pong between them, and then between the two people that they remarry out of spite and revenge. He marries the former nanny, she marries a bartender. In fact, this involuntary, these this involuntary surrogate parents are a source of grace for Maisie. They know what it means to play Monopoly, enjoy a day at the park, and make pancakes for breakfast. The film is a modern take on the novel of the same name by Henry James only set in contemporary New York City. We adults should be careful. Kids know more than we imagine. What Maisie Knew And finally, for poetry this week, we can continue our Celtic poems and prayers. This very short poem is called The Guiding Light. Of eternity. It's originally taken from the Carmina Gedelica. I've taken it from Esther DeWall's wonderful book, The Celtic Vision. Once again, the guiding light of eternity. O oh God, who brought me from the rest of last night upon the joyous light of this day, be thou bringing me from the new light of this day. Under the guiding light of eternity. Oh, from the new light of this day, unto the guiding light of eternity. Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net for Sunday, August the 11th, 2013. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.